Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. All right, guys. So I'm going to minister a word this morning called, What Am I Building? What Am I Building? And it's, the premise of it is I want you to realize the power of your words. That what you agree with, if you really read the word and just begin to study how much the Bible begins to talk about, you know, um, agreeing with God and all these scriptures that many times we think about and hear about and even take Mary when, when, when God is looking for a person to bring Jesus into the world, he finds Mary and has the, the angel of the Lord speak it over her and then what does Mary do? She opens her mouth and says, be it unto me as you have said. She agrees verbally with what the Lord wants to do. And then the miracle transpires and Jesus is brought to pass. There's something supernatural and divine when we begin to realize that our words carry power. Amen? Your words carry power. In the book of Job, when all hell broke loose in Job's life, the first mistake Job did, what really actually infuriated the Lord about Job was the first thing out of Job's mouth was the Lord gave and the Lord take away naked I came in this world and naked I will leave so with his mouth he agreed with destruction and that's what made the Lord upset to where for the next 40 chapters Job goes through the longest rebuke you ever go through amen pray that you get it in three chapters and not 40 chapters can I get an amen Amen. Lord may I be a swift learner And uh, then at the end, what does Job do? He says, I put my hand over my mouth because he realized he had been blabbing and saying things he should have never said about the Lord. He says, I put my hand over my mouth. I'd heard of you with the ear, but now I see you with the eye. And I put my hand over my mouth because there are things that you don't realize that as you continuously speak over your life, you're building that as the framework of your entire life. Amen. Amen. You with me so far? All right. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one through three. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Amen. The Lord spoke everything into existence. As a child of God, you're literally made in his image with the same creative power in your mouth to declare and speak things out. Everything you do in the kingdom is voice activated. Are you with me? The kingdom of God is a voice activated kingdom. God spoke existence in. He spoke light. He spoke separation. He spoke man. God speaks things out and his words carry creative power that operates in you. Do you know scientifically they've actually taken plants, living plants, And they have played like record players 24-7 just speaking negativity, like death and destruction and everything over the plant. And then the plant literally shrivels up and begins to die. And then they've done the same thing and they take words of affirmation and spoke it over a plant, which does not have ears to hear. And yet the plant flourishes and grows because creative power is spoken out from us. Destructive power is spoken out from us. So what you say carries weight. Amen. To put it in perspective, look at the world today. Right now, if people go out and they test positive for COVID-19, their mind goes insane thinking, this is the end of my life. 
They're, they, they, they're, it's the biggest thing that has ever happened. Why? Because words have been declared so much over this nation through the media that there's a fear hype attached to it. When ultimately you get COVID-19, you're going to have flu symptoms for a few days and you will recover. Amen. And if you don't believe that, start speaking it out until you believe it. Amen. The Lord is your healer. It just words create frenzy. They bring division. They bring power. Everything we do in this world is based on words. To purchase property, to move into a wedding, to whatever. Marriage, all of these contracts and agreements are verbal agreements where you affirm through your mouth that this is what is going to transpire in my life. Even to get saved, you got to open your mouth and declare Jesus is Lord. What you say has power. So think about that for a moment. And think about maybe even what you already said today <laughs> or what you said yesterday. And last year, you know, I'm, wor- I'm worshiping the Lord in my, in my office and I was just thanking the Lord for things. And, you know, but I was talking to the Lord about stuff and the, Lord, the Holy Spirit just prompted in my spirit. He said, Caleb, I want you to stop saying these three things. Are you with me right now? Now, I actually said this over a person after the Lord gave it to me. I felt as I'm praying for him, speak that over them. They got so mad they left the church. <laughs> So are you ready for this? (laughs) Number one, the Lord said, stop saying I'm busy. Stop saying I'm busy. Because your words carry so much power. And when you go around every day of your life just saying I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, you create a frenzy in your world where you can't be focused and intentional about anything. Everything's just frenzy around you. It's like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to build my marriage stronger. I don't have time to focus on my finances and get a plan. I don't have time to strategize a new business. I don't have time to raise my kids. I don't have time to do this because I'm busy. And how many of us in America are constantly saying, I'm busy? Feels like time slips by. As as even Haggai says, you earn wages and you put it in a bag with holes. It's the same with time. It's like you have time, but it slips away from you and you realize, what am I even doing with my life? Lives pass by because people are opening their mouth daily saying, I'm just busy. I'm busy. You got to stop that. You got to start speaking from your mouth. I have the unction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have the wisdom of God. I have strategies from heaven. I commit my actions to the Lord and my plans will succeed according to the word of God. Amen. Instead of just constantly building yourself up as I don't have time. Joyce Myers even said, you can be busy, but not productive. So choose to be productive. Instead of saying busy, say I am producing. Come on. I am taking dead things and bringing them to life. Amen. I'm taking normal things and making them supernatural. I'm walking in the blessing of God upon my life. Stop saying I'm busy all the time. People came in this morning and said, I'm too busy for church. Actual fact, I won't won't rat them out, but somebody came to me after the first service. (laughs) And he said, I was just getting on to my wife about what she's been saying. And then you said, and I was like, she needed to hear that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. We're always apt to hear what other people need to hear, but not hear ourselves. Amen. Stop saying I'm busy. You say you're busy all the time. You're going to feel stressed out. The enemy wants to keep you in a place of stressed out, hyper, where you can't focus on anything. What did Paul say? You got to keep your eyes focused on the prize that is set before you. So realize this, that the time you are given, you first make a priority to seek God. And from that, everything in your life goes in divine assignment and divine order. And God will prosper and bless 
all the days and all the hours and all the minutes of your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Secondly, the Lord said, stop saying I'm tired. Which after two and a half weeks here, it's like the greeting at our church right now. You know, hey, welcome to the river. I'm tired. <laughs> I was cracking up in the first, the nine o'clock service. They're in the middle of a song and Joey literally sits on the thing and just, I was like, guitar break. I'm not trying to pick on Joey, but you get to this place, your, your flesh has limitations. You know what I'm saying? But what we do is, I mean, you're well-rested. Everything's in your normal scope of life. People adopt the mentality to say, I'm tired. I'm just too tired. I'm too tired. You don't understand, Pastor Caleb. And what you wind up doing is literally just, you just oppress yourself with your words to where you feel like you are so shot and so fried and so tired. You just, all you need is another vacation upon a vacation upon a vacation upon a vacation. And there's nothing wrong with vacation. But first, produce something. It's like build something with your life and earn that rest. Amen. But the enemy wants to keep you in the place of such fatigue that you feel like you can't build anything. You don't have that unction on the inside to go out and take territory and then rest in the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Because all day long you're speaking from your mouth, I'm tired. You got to start speaking out, I'm refreshed of the Lord. Amen. I'm refreshed daily. His mercies are new every morning. Come on, somebody. I'm equipped. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm the devil's worst nightmare. I have the supernatural presence of God upon me. He renews my youth like an eagle. Amen. I am ready, rip-roaring to take territory today. Imagine if you met somebody at the grocery store, and that's how they spoke back to you. How you doing today? Man, I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm ready to take territory. You'd be like, dude, this guy's different than everybody else I meet. Everybody else is like, man, you know, uh, he's kind of going through the motions right now. Didn't you get married three months ago? Yeah, it's okay. My gosh. Decide to be the person that your words bring such power behind them that you even, you like awaken people around you to be like, man, I want to be like that. Amen. We're not tired. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Start adopting that. Amen. Make it scriptural and then it's all okay. <laughs> and if you get really tired, come to church because then you can take a nap in the presence of the Lord. I fell asleep in church one time and I felt so convicted. I was like, God, I fell asleep. And my pastor came and he said, no, son, we call those HGNs. Holy Ghost naps. Times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. And I was like, I'm going to do it every Sunday. <laughs> if you're tired, just close your eyes right now. Just take the goodness of the Lord over. No. Stop saying I'm tired. Just start speaking out the opposite. And thirdly, the Lord said, stop saying I don't know. Because you do know. Anything you need to know, you know by the Spirit of God. Amen. Revelation flows into the children of God. So stop saying, I don't know. Stop looking for this to tell you something. Pastor Mark said it the other day, which cracked me up. The Lord spoke to him in worship, and he pulled out his phone to Google it. And the Lord was like, stop Googling 
You're not going to find spiritual truth on Google. Let me talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Look at this. People, we say we don't know, yet we have more information available to us all the time. But the, the distraction is that this is your information instead of tuning into the Spirit of God that gives you the real download that you need right now. This is literally just a distraction. What's the back of it got? An apple with a bite out of it, just like in the garden where reasoning came into man and we lost that intimacy with God. You say, I don't know. You do know by the Spirit of God. How dare you tell the Holy Ghost on the inside of you that you're confused? If you're confused, you're not listening. So decide to listen and start saying, instead of I don't know, start saying the Holy Spirit is going to lead me. Come on. Come on. The Holy Spirit is my guide. He's my comforter. He is my way maker. Where there isn't a way, he makes a way. Oh, I don't worry about what to say. I don't worry any of that because he's going to make a way for me. I know when I need to know when I need to know it. Come on. Now imagine meeting someone like that. You would think they're arrogant. How dare you be so bold? Well, I'm not bold in myself. I'm bragging in the goodness of God and the spirit of God on the inside of me. I know what I need to know. Somebody shout amen. 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 You say, oh, I, the revelation gifts never flow in my life, but you've spoken, I don't know, 1,800 times every single week of your life. So start saying, I know. The Lord shows me things. The Lord speaks to me. I hear the voice of the Lord. I'm led by him. I know all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen. Which I know it says I can do all things, but it's the same. And then ultimately, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit himself teaches you concerning all things. So when's the last time you didn't go to a textbook, but what you went to the Holy Spirit to get a download of how something works? Are you with me right now? When's the last time God took you on a journey of revelation in your spirit, man, where things pop like lightning on the inside and you begin to see things that you didn't see before? That's available to every person. Come on. It's not available to people that just sit in two weeks of meeting. It's available to every believer that learns to take their words and turn them around to be words that build supernatural lives instead of normal lives. Are you with me right now? Somebody say amen. Amen. Your words are the framework of your life. They build what your life is. So put it to you this way. Do your words carry so much power that if you constantly say something negative, you're going to have it. I read an article last year, literally about, it was a rapper, and I can't remember his name, but apparently he had even written a a rap song saying he would die before he was 30 years old. And on his 30th birthday party, on the drive to the party, he died in a car wreck or something like that. Then in the article, it began to list other famous people that had said from their mouth, I'm going to die before I'm 30 or I'm going to die when I'm 27. It's actually called Club 27. There's a group of famous people that spoke out and spoke out. They're going to die at 27 and they died at 27 years old. It's demonic. And see, people don't even think about it, but they open their mouth and say, well, my granddad had cancer. My dad had cancer. Odds are I'm going to have cancer. Cancel that in Jesus name. I don't care if everybody around you is getting cancer and you were raised in a radioactive vault. Be like, no, the blood of Jesus has inoculated me. I am a brand new creation. I will live and not die. Come on, somebody. Your words carry power. You're literally either agreeing with the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of darkness at all times. And so it's a contract being made. Which one do you want to operate in your life? Who do you want to be in league with, God or the devil? 
You say, well, it's not that simple. It is that simple. It's release. Everything is released by your voice. What are you letting out of your mouth? What are you declaring over your world? What we speak carries weight and power. So you have to declare that the word is the plumb line of your life. Not just preachers' lives, not just a handful, but it works in my life. And when you look at somebody walking in power, you decide, man, if it works for them, it works for me. Amen. Now Romans 8, 10, or 10, 8 through 10 says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Literally, you are not born again until you believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth and agree verbally with heaven's agenda for your life. That is the supernatural transaction that gets you born again. Come on, are you with me right now? Everything in the kingdom is released by what we declare over our lives. So you got to grab that. And realize, man, if everything in the kingdom of God works and operates based upon voice activation, what am I activating over my life on a daily basis? What am I constantly speaking over myself? That's why names matter. When you name somebody something, you're literally declaring that over their life from that moment forward. Every time you address them, you're speaking that and speaking that and speaking that and speaking that. So when you name your kid, don't name them ugly. Name them something powerful. You know what my name means? It means dog. That's why I'm such a good friend. I'll be your best friend, especially if you feed me. Words carry power. It's like when you think about even the gifts of the Spirit. Think about the, the probably, I would say, if you really look at the gifts of the Spirit released in the church, which all of the supernatural power of God gets questioned and gets challenged. But if you look at the three most primary gifts that are challenged, it's the utterance gifts, the ones that are verbal. That's what the enemy comes majorly against. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. He comes against everything that is uttered out by the Spirit of God. Why? Because he wants you to agree with him and reiterate what he wants reiterated. And he doesn't want you getting truth from God so that springs to life in your spirit that you begin to utter because that eliminates his power in your life. Amen? Come on. So you think about that. There's power in what you say. But where do your words come from? The Bible says that your words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So literally, you think about some of the things the Lord has commanded the church to do. A lot of people look at, sometimes religious people look at the Lord as he just has a bunch of rules that we got to live by. And if we live by these rules, we'll have these promises, which you even spoke about that last night. But it's not that way. Anything God has ever asked you to do, it's actually for your benefit. So when the Lord tells you, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, what God is saying is get around people that verbally speak over you the promises of God. So it begins to change the way you think and change the depth of your heart so that you reiterate and see yourself as you need to see yourself. Amen. Amen. In Bible college, I had a roommate. His name was Buddy Love. Buddy Karcher was his real name, but we called him Buddy Love. And he was about five foot four and was the happiest person you ever met annoyingly happy like when you're tired and everybody recognizes this is the moment of silence buddy was happy amen amen glory glory and you're like what's wrong with you you can't it was he was so happy i thought something was going on you know what i'm saying you're like 
nobody's really this happy. Like, we all have a little bit of melancholy to us, right? But, so he becomes my roommate. And one night, he's sleeping and snoring so loud, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm frustrated. I got to get up at 4.17 exactly in the morning. I knew exactly the minute I had to be up. And so I get angry. It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I take a pillow, and I rear back, and I hit Buddy as hard as I can in the face. I mean, I'm like, you, you're ruining my sleep. I'm so irate. And this is how he wakes up. He goes, glory to Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. And I was like, you're kidding me, bro. I just drilled you in the face and you wake up saying glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So I go to work. And on the next day, I sit down with him. I said, buddy, what's going on? Why are you so happy? And this is what he said. He said, let me tell you something. I actually was suicidal before I met the Lord. He said, I planned on killing myself and actually tried to once. I was so depressed. I lost my hair young. I was short. Nothing was going right in my life. And so every day I was just, I didn't even want to be alive. And then I got saved, started going to church, asked the Lord to help me with it. And he said, God told me, rise up in the morning and begin to thank me for everything that you see and everything that you have in your life and watch me turn it around. For one year of your life, the Lord told him to do that. So he said, the next day I woke up, I thank you, God, for pajamas. I thank you, God, for a bed to sleep in. I thank you, God, for toothpaste to brush my teeth. I thank you, God, for cereal and for milk. I thank you, God, for a job to go to. I thank you, God, for provision. I thank you for the sun. I thank you for the birds. I thank you for the everything. He's just thanking God. He said, before I even got to the first person that day at work, I was already so full of joy it was illuminating from the inside of me and splashed out come on your words carry power when you rise in the morning you know they said smith wigglesworth who walked in supernatural authority used to discipline himself to wake up in the morning at like four o'clock and begin to praise the lord and dance before him at 4 a.m just to verbally affirm to the lord how good he is before he even began his day and then he walked up and walked out and what happened? People were saved. Supernatural miracles transpired. Everybody looks at him. How did he get this release in his life? Because he started the day glorifying God so much that it just overflowed from that place. Your mouth has power. Come on, somebody. Watch what you're saying constantly over your life. Watch what you speak over your kids. Watch what you speak over your wife. Watch what you declare because your words are the framework and the building block of your life. We met this girl in South Africa that was literally crazy, and she started coming to meetings in South Africa for 50 days. We went. The Lord totally renewed her mind. She got in her right mind, became a number one soul winner, preaching the gospel, and her dad showed up in the meeting, fell to his knees in front of a thousand plus people, and repented, saying, I spoke over you from the day you were born that you were stupid, that you would amount to nothing, that you were a useless person, and everything I declared over your life is what you had until you heard the word of the Lord. And he said, I sit here now, and I ask you to please forgive me because you're a child of God. The Lord turned the whole thing around, but she was walking around almost like mentally incapable because it had been declared over. But when the word came in and her heart began to believe it and she began to utter from her mouth that she's a chosen one of God, everything broke off of her life. Are you with me right now? Your words carry power. It's an agreement between heaven and earth that transpires when you come in alignment with God's word. Miracles transpire. When you speak things out, come on, somebody. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why God says, get around people of faith. 
That's why God says, listen to the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You got to watch what comes into your ears so that you're watching what leaks into your heart. Because from that is where your mouth begins to speak. Are you with me right now? So you want to surround yourself with people of faith. You want to surround yourself with people that declare the supernatural things of God. You want to stir yourself up so that your words become in alignment with God. You want to get to the place where you literally think scripture. Are you with me? Where if bad things happen, scripture pops in your mind. You know what I'm saying? Instead of even like frustration, you think the word every time. It's like, man, that person's sick. And you think, I shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I shall lay hands on them. And that's your thought process. You're not thinking, man, I hope that they make it someday. I hope your, your mind is so programmed with the word of God that from you erupts a word. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, it's coming out of my mouth. Like the time I was at Quiznos and I was, I'd been praying in the Holy Ghost and stirring myself up and staying in the Word. And I look at a dude and I see a brace on his knee. And before I could even stop myself, I'm like, what's wrong with your knee, sir? Like, like I'm a specialist. And he looks at me, stops eating, and he says, how did you know something's wrong with my knee? And I looked again and there was no brace on his knee. I said, that knee right there is giving you problems. He said, it is. How did you know that? I said, doesn't matter. God wants to heal you right now. Are you ready to be healed? And he was like, I don't know. And he puts his sandwich down. I laid hands on his knee. He starts moving it in Quiznos and starts thanking the Lord. Man, I thank you. My knee's better. I, I re- never forget. I was like, praise the Lord. And I turned around and the guy making the sandwiches was like. He like stopped making an Italian sub and was like, awesome. So you want to live your life. Program yourself because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you're constantly speaking negativity, what you're really showing yourself is you are not staying full of the word. You are not surrounding yourself with faith people. That you are literally reiterating what has been put on the inside of you from this world. And all that junk is what's going to be the reality of your life. That's why we praise the Lord. That's why we worship God. That's why we get in the word. That's why we study the word. So it becomes the thing that gets in our heart until we start seeing ourselves as a chosen one of God. Come on, a royal priesthood, the apple of his eye, the bride of Christ, an overcomer, a victorious one, a more than a conqueror. Someone that walks in power and dominion, the devil's worst nightmare. You need to speak these things over your life. Amen. Because then it's from that place that you begin to live your life in victory instead of always living your life as the world wants to just inject itself upon you. You're not the sum total of what the world says. You're the sum total of what comes out of your mouth. Come on, somebody. So what are you speaking over your life right now? What are you declaring over your wedding or your marriage? What are you declaring over your children? What are you declaring over your finances? What are you declaring over your physical body on a regular basis of your life? Amen? One great preacher said, facts are facts, but truth is greater than facts. Are you with me? So the fact is you could be sick, but the truth is he is a healer. Amen. So with the same mouth, I can agree. It's not like I deny things in my life. Like I'm going through a tough time, but he's the way maker and all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. I'm on the highway of a testimony right now and I'm two seconds to midnight of a breakthrough in my life that is going to change me forever. I walk in the supernatural. I'm led by the spirit of God. And it's like, man, heaven's looking for that response. And when you speak it out, heaven comes in agreement, divine alignment of your life. And things release upon your life. 
And what does the enemy want you to do? He wants you to speak death and destruction. My marriage isn't going to make it. My body's going to give out. I'm going to lose my hair really early in my life. I'm going to struggle for all, all days. You got to change the way you think. And if you're having a problem with your mouth, start inspecting the heart. What am I letting into my life? What gate is open that the enemy is constantly flooding me with doubt? Amen? Because that is the place where the enemy grabs you and gets you in agreement. And then you go down his path. You know, that's why demonic things like psychics and things like that are so perverted. Because it allows you to come in agreement with a demonic word over your life. And when you come in agreement, that becomes your reality. I'll never forget that growing up. I got radically saved in Nashville. And all I remember being told is, you know, you know, the Lord has the original source of information and things of the world, psychic readings and all these demonic things that people go to pervert the way they think and the way they see their life. So I remember driving down the road one time and there was a psychic reading I passed every single day on the way to work. And I used to sit there and I, I would curse it. In the name of Jesus, I, I curse that business. May it close down so that you stop perverting people's lives. Daily I did it. And one day I drove by and I spoke it and I was pointing out the window. And a wind came and took their sign. It was an A-frame sign. Closed it up and it just collapsed on the ground. The next day it said for lease on the building. Come on, speak things out. Amen. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Take territory for Jesus. Don't sit back and let the enemy have his way. Declare over your city, over your family, over your life, over this nation, the word of the Lord will prevail. Amen. The army of the Lord is awake and arising. That's why Thessalonians speaks about the son of perdition or the antichrist spirit coming in the last days. He says he, he'll pervert people with signs and wonders, but he can only be released. When he who restrains is removed, the restraining force for the Antichrist is the body of Christ right now. It is you and I. So we stop him in his tracks by the words that we declare. We don't agree with the enemy's plan. We don't say have your way in America. We don't say have your way across this land. We don't say you get a free run up the side. We bind him everywhere we can bind him. Are you with me? Come on. Well, I'm preaching better than I'm shouting. Listen. Talk about the power of your words. I, I, this is just to put things in perspective. Who you're around matters. You know, it's like when we counsel people, we tell people this, even in, in the realms of marriage. Don't complain about your spouse to your parents because they're already on your side. Now they're going to get contaminated views of your spouse just because you had a disagreement about steak or chicken the other night. And then they're going to verbalize and reiterate back to you constantly how this person's not good enough for you. And then that becomes a seed in your heart. And before long, you're just single on your own because someone spoke over you and you began to agree with that lie from hell. Now, I'm not saying that every marriage needs to make. There are some people that are perverted and abusive and you got to get out of that junk. But what I'm telling you is watch what comes into you. I was leaving a mega church one time. I had just visited the church. I wasn't even a member. Huge church, thousands of people. And I walk outside and a woman had her Bible. And she throws it on the ground and she just starts cussing. And I was like, something's going on right here because it was a good meeting. I just was in it and it was glorious to me. And she's not very happy right now. Throws her Bible, kicking, cussing, storming off, runs off in the parking lot. So I grab her Bible. 
And I'm like, man, this ain't right. So I run after. I don't even know this lady. I don't even go to the church. I'm not a member. I don't know anything about the leadership. I know nothing. But I run after the lady and I said, ma'am, what's going on? She says, I've been coming with my family to this church for four years. Nobody knows my name. Nobody cares about me. If I died today, nobody would even notice that I'm not in this place anymore. And I had her Bible in my hand, and I remember I handed it to her as I said this. I said, ma'am, I don't know you, and I've never met you, but I can tell you with truth on the inside that I love you with everything that I've got, that you're precious to God, that there's a calling upon your life, and that if you keep your eyes on Jesus, things will work out good in your life. And by the time I was telling her this, I was standing at her car. Her husband's looking at me, and they had four kids in the back. And I'm handing her the Bible. And I said, please, ma'am, take this Bible back. This is God's love letter to you. And you do matter. And don't give up. I don't know what was said to you. And I don't know why you got that feeling. But your life matters. She grabbed her Bible. She looked at me and she said, thank you, son, for that tonight. I went back to, to Tennessee. And I actually wound up coming back to that church to go to Bible college. And when I went to that church for three years for Bible college... On my third year in Bible college, that family was called forward as they were prayed over and released to go and start a church in Milwaukee. Are you with me right now? Your words have power. Don't let the devil find a way into your life. And don't think that when you encourage a brother and sister in the Lord that it means nothing. Don't be the person that doesn't always be so positive and so amped up that you're injecting in people that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. That they're cherished of the Lord and they're precious to God. And your words have the building block to build up on the inside of everyone around you the belief for supernatural things. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Matthew 15, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. But what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. Why? Because once again, when your mouth begins to speak things out in agreement with the enemy, you're turning the power of your life into the hands of the wicked one. That's what the Bible's saying here. The Bible's not saying you can eat McDonald's every day of your life and not pay consequences. It's going to catch up with you. But it's saying more than just what you eat is the spiritual truth of what you speak carries weight and power too. That don't just think that you can live a healthy life, but speak negativity and negativity and doubt and unbelief and fuel your life with all the horrific, depressing things that you want to fuel it with and think that you will not eat the fruit of your words. You will eat the fruit of your words. Amen? That's why you guard what you listen to even in music. That's why the enemy, Lucifer, was a worship leader. What does he do? He perverts the music industry. Get people listening to stuff and repeating stuff and declaring it because it has a catchy tune? What? And then before long, they're depressed. They feel like giving up. Man, my, my aunt the, that took her own life used to get drunk and just carry on, and I loved her. Well, now, I struggled with addictions too. But when she got really far gone, she would turn on um, Hank Williams Jr., I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. It's the most depressing song you will ever listen to. You're not going to build yourself up with stuff like that. You're going to literally crush your spirit until all you want to do is die. What are you listening to? Build yourself up. Listen to things that glorify God. Amen? Speak songs that declare over your life the goodness of God and the wonders of heaven. Watch what you're letting into your life because you will eat the fruit of it. Everything you speak out becomes building. It just starts building in your life. There's creative power in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? In this day and age, we're so concerned with not offending anyone that we stop telling the truth. That's the enemy's greatest plan. 
Let's just make it so offensive to, to tell the truth that people stop telling the truth so that it's not verbalized and they don't live it. That's why everything in the body of Christ is constantly under attack. That if you stand for anything of God, you will be attacked. Why? Because the enemy wants to silence your mouth from declaring that God is a healer, that God is a provider, that God is a rewarder of those that seek him, that his power is absolute, and that the enemy is a liar from hell. He wants to silence the mouth of the church where they, where they begin to shine in dark places and show where the enemy is planting. The enemy is real. He is evil. He destroys lives. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Christ has come to give us life and life abundantly. So you can't backpedal your confession to agree with a lukewarm church or a lukewarm world. That's where people fall in the line. They don't want to rustle feather, feathers and the world is what doing what right now? It's trying to tell us that we actually all have to agree with each other. You notice that? That any disagreement needs to be squashed out and we just all have to come in one singular agreement. That is never going to happen. Are you with me right now? Who in here is married? Who in here agrees with your spouse every single day? I mean, obviously in the important things. Good job, Malachi. But it's like, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, chicken. No, not chicken. If we have any more chicken, I, I promise I'll start clucking. It's like you're, not, you're never going to agree about everything in life. Life is not about just agreeing with everybody around you. It's agreeing with the things that matter. Get in agreement with the Lord. Amen. That's what matters. You can disagree about chicken or beef. Come on. That's not going to destroy your life. Go to some restaurant, serve both. Just throw that out for free. Some have even branched into the world of fish lately. Imagine that. Three choices. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty three through 24. <laughs> Assuredly, I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea... And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's two factors that matter in this word of God. What you say matters, the Bible says. You have to speak to the mountain. Amen? There's issues in your life. Speak to that mountain. Depression, oppression, financial problems, marital problems, you need healing in your body, you're going to have to open your mouth and you're going to have to declare something to that mountain. Are you with me right now? Come on. A lot of people think that you've noticed in the church, a lot of people will call a prayer line to ask people to pray for them before they ever even open their own mouth to pray. It's a common occurrence. It's like somehow or another we think if we can get other people praying, we don't have to pray it ourselves. You're the one that's got to agree with the word. You're the one that's got to verbalize over your own life. Every promise of God is a promise to me. Amen. That's why it's crazy, but you can see supernatural people that walk in supernatural healing will, will have a thing attack their body that it's like they wrestle with and they can't even get healed of, but they can go out and cast cancer off people and it just falls off. It's crazy. It's like you've got to begin to believe, then my, my words carry power, and I've got to speak things out for my life. Take ownership for where you're at right now. Stop blaming the Lord. Stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming your children. And just say, from now on, I'm where my words have taken me. So I'm going to start changing my words today to put me tomorrow where I want to be. Amen? You with me right now? Two factors matter. What you say, what you say matters. You will just continuously eat the fruit of your words. 
But the second thing in this scripture that matters is what you truly believe. And that's what I've been talking about this morning. A lot of people just say things out, but they don't actually believe it. That's where you got to work deep in the goodness of God and the presence of the Lord to get supernatural things where it's a part of your life and you begin to walk in a realm of true belief that I believe the word of God. I believe his promises. I believe what I say carries power. I believe that my words break or make my life. I believe these things so much that they're so deeply enrooted in me. I watch what I say. I watch what I listen to. It transforms my life because I govern myself based upon these principles. That what is in my heart is what comes out of my mouth. And what comes out of my mouth is what I'm living at that moment. So get it deep in your heart. you got to believe it. What can God do in your life? Anything that you say he can and believe that he can. God can do anything. But what can he do in your life is anything you say he can and believe he can. So get deep in your relationship with God and be like, God, that's why I've always loved and been drawn to that, that scripture of the man whose son was possessed of the devil right when Jesus came from the Mount of Transfiguration. Holy moment, supernatural encounter comes down and his disciples can't get this kid free. And he looks at him and calls him faithless and perverse. And, the, and the, the dad doesn't argue, doesn't get offended, nothing. He says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. It's like he's so desperate for his son. He's like, I believe, but if there's any unbelief, help my unbelief. Get it out of me because I want my son healed. And the Lord healed his son in that moment. Come on, somebody. What do you believe? Because if the enemy can begin to pervert your beliefs, then your faith gets distorted. Put it in an example. That's why things of the kingdom of God get attacked. That's why even in the realm of marriage, if you begin to adopt and believe that you married the wrong person, you will not have the faith to stay through that marriage. You take the realms of healing. If you begin to believe that God inflicts you with sickness to teach you a lesson, you'll be so hell-bent on trying to discover a lesson through your sickness that you forget that he's a healer and you don't get healed. See, that's why the enemy messes with belief. Because if he can pervert belief, it doesn't matter what great power, anything that you're supposed to have. You came in agreement with a lie and the lie becomes your reality. If you believe that God keeps you poor to keep you humble, you're never going to have faith to look to the Lord and say, Father, you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Where I started in you is not where I will end in you. I give you my life and I trust that you will prosper me to the realms that I can carry and that I am. a pro- You know what I'm saying? you got to believe these things and get them in your heart. God's a rewarder. He's a blesser. He, he pours out from heaven in my life. He's good all the time. Come on. And I can expect goodness. And I can receive goodness. But if your belief gets distorted with religious lies and junk like that, then you go to the Lord and you never believe or declare over your life the victory that you need to declare over your life. So from this day forward... Just decide, even this week, be intentional. Thank the Lord every day you wake up for the small things in life until you're so overflowing with joy that it's like, man, thank the Lord for everything. It's like one time I came from, from India. We preached in India. And we, were, we, we took all of our money. We were so broke that we, we had, I was flying back and I had to buy a watercress and egg salad sandwich. It was the most depressing day of my life. Egg salad sandwich was all I could afford because it was a day old and it was on sale. 
And then I had to get regular coffee instead of a latte because it was cheap and I had to get my coffee fixed. So obviously I'm so struggling because I'm still eating, you know, but you know how your mind gets, woe is me, I've got nothing left, I've given everything to you God and what have you given me? And I walk into a store, it was like a, 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 a Burberry store and they had these like Burberry, Burberry is super expensive and they had these like duster coats. And they had them in khaki, navy, and black. And I liked all three colors. So I thought, I need all three colors, you know, because it depends on what shoes you wear. And I look at the price tag, and it was $2,500 or something like that for each jacket. And so then that was it. I began to just complain to the Lord. This is truthfully what came out of my mouth. I want you to grab this. I love doing this to people to show you. I said to the Lord, if, if it was Kenneth Copeland, you would give him that. He could buy all three colors. But look at me. I just went and preached in India, and I'm eating egg salad sandwich. It's not fair, God. It's not fair. Why do you bless him so much and not me? And just a side note of Kenneth Copeland, just so you understand why he's so financially blessed. The Lord told him to buy land and then speak over that land that a well would spring up from it of income. He bought land that was already, they had already checked it out and there was no oil on the land. So he got a good deal on it, spoke over it so long that they went out and dug again and oil sprung up and personally it brings in over a million dollars a year for him. When I heard that, I'm like, God, where's land? Where is land? That's it. If I can buy a 10 by 10 square, I'm going to just step on that land every day. Father, I thank you for diamonds under here. Three feet down. Diamond this big. Declare it. Amen. So I'm complaining to the Lord, as I do. And I fly back into America, and we're, it's right before Thanksgiving, right before Christmas. It's so tight. We're so financially strapped because we're preaching the gospel, and nobody notices us. <laughs> and I go into church, and the message was, thank God for the little things. And as a preacher, I was offended. Oh, my gosh, this is elementary. I came for the meat and the mystery of the word. He's talking about, thank God for pants to wear. Of course I got pants to wear. Thank God for birds. I don't care about birds right now. They poop on my car. Thank God for trees. Yeah, because the leaves fall. And you realize, then halfway through the meeting, I'm like, oh my gosh. This is literally all for me right now. I'm the cranky sot on the front row that this poor guy's having to preach to for an hour and a half for me to get the revelation, stop being a baby, and thank the Lord for the things I have in my life. I'm telling you, sometimes when you're in a service and you're super angry, it's because it's for you. And you're too pig-headed to realize it. And you're like, what is this? This is not what I came for. I'll tell you, my Uncle Joe could handle this, but not me. I'm good. And that... Halfway through it, I start thanking the Lord, and I mean, on the front row, I'm like, thank you, God, that I even went to India. Thank you, God, that you entrusted me to preach your word to people I had never met of another culture. Thank you, God, that when I preached that word, I didn't preach it alone, but you stood there with me, and you poured out your spirit. Thank you, God, for the anointing. Thank you, God, for my life. Thank you, God, for my wife. Thank you, God. And it's like it broke off, off of me. The moment my mouth began to glorify God, the heaviness and the junk just broke off of my life. And the Lord began to prosper me. Are you with me right now? What you say has power. And the enemy knows that. 
That's why he always comes and tries to get you to agree with his alignment and his kingdom. And you've got to keep yourself pure and speak out the things of God. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I have believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Come on. It's like believe that God is up to something right now. Believe that 2020 is going to be the greatest year for this country. Believe that the hand of the Lord is swiftly moving wickedness across the, away from the nations of the world right now. Believe for provision for your household. Believe for the goodness of God. Believe for your children to be safe every single day. Believe for the blessing of God to increase your capacity. Believe for signs and wonders. Believe for the gifts of the Spirit. Believe that God has chosen you. Believe for a calling. Believe for a purpose. Believe for something supernatural because the world has done everything to dump down on you that you don't matter and you're just one in a crowd but God has constantly spoken over you your number you're you're unique you're I broke the mold when I made you and you got to get you got to adopt that mentality and realize man I'm walking and at any moment I can come in agreement with the kingdom of heaven with my mouth and release the glory of God everywhere I walk so what I do carries power and what I say releases the glory of God because the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Think about everything in life that matters from parenting your children and, and instructing them and helping them grow up and mature as you speak into them and speak into them and speak into them. You're either building them up or tearing them down. You're either building them up that all things are possible in their life, that they are precious or you're tearing them down that they will never amount to anything. What are you saying over your children? And most people, especially Christians, declare great things over their kids, but they don't walk right into their bedroom and look in the mirror and say negative things about themselves. you got to change the way you verbalize your life to line up with the Word of God. And anywhere that there's a shortage in your life, Decide today to verbally address that area and speak to that mountain until that mountain is removed and the blessing of God is released upon your life. Amen? Amen. You with me right now? All right. So God can do anything you believe. He can and say that he can. God sets the pace in heaven and you set the pace here on earth. That's called dominion. So the authority of heaven is released upon you when you come in alignment with God's spoken word or spirit word on the inside supernatural things transpire closing joshua 1 8 this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth the book of the law is the word of god you should be in the word of god regularly in your life do not be a person that adopts the mentality that at church you get enough word for the week to get you through be the person that gets so full of the Word of God every day of your life that the Word is being spoken into you and read and you're reiterating it from your mouth, declaring it out. And then coming in alignment with that Word, then it begins to grow and blossom on the inside of you. God speaking to Joshua said, do not let it depart from your mouth. Not don't let it depart from your refrigerator door or from that embroidery that your grandmother made you and you hung over the fireplace. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been in people's lives, houses where their, their life's a total wreck. And right there on the, on, the, on the refrigerator, scripture, everything, you know, a whole tapestry woven over there. The, the blessing of the Lord remains in this house. But if you're not speaking it, you don't have it. It's not just put a scripture on the wall somewhere and hope that it comes to pass. Like, a, like boy, I hope this is a good luck charm. It's where it becomes a reality in your life when you're declaring it over your household. Amen. 
you're walking around, you're laying hands on your walls and just speaking the glory of God in the place. Father, I thank you for peace in this house. Singing and worshiping the Lord and changing the atmosphere around you. Amen. As you speak it out, heaven responds to that speaking out. I'll tell you a crazy story, maybe. Maybe I should tell you a crazy story. We're coming after two and a half weeks of revival. I think I can tell you this without offending people. When I got saved, I worked in Nashville, Tennessee. I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and I was working with a construction company. And we were working in downtown, like, um, what is it, Bell Mead? That's the historic part of Nashville, right? And so all the homes are, like, from the 1800s and stuff. And we go into this house. It's the summertime in Nashville, Tennessee. It's super hot outside. But inside the house, it's like 65 degrees and just cold and damp. With all the doors open, it should be hot in here. The air conditioning's not running. But they can't get the temperature down in this building. It's so cold that the drywall guy can't even get the drywall mud to dry. So they're in the middle of summer, they had butane heaters, those big construction heaters, blowing on the walls to try and get the drywall mud to dry so they could progress with this construction. Right in, right in the middle of summertime. And as soon as you walked in this building, it was like you felt like someone was like looking at you. You felt like a little creepy thing up your spine. You're like, Ooh, what, is, what is in this place? And so I remember walking in there, and my boss was like skittish, Ethan. He was like nervous. He's like, something's not right here. And he was like, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to another job site. You just do this. So I get left in this creepy building by myself. I'm a brand new Christian, like a baby believer, you know? I don't know anything about dominion. I don't know anything. I'm like, just like, God's good. But this place, this place creepy. So I went to the, I went to the, to the, to the, kitchen where we had a a radio player and we used to always play christian music don potter and stuff like that and they had a spiritual warfare cd from morningstar and i saw their spiritual warfare warfare morningstar i'm like we need to play this so i take it and i put it in the cd player i just want you to grab this This it's the reality of what you declare i press play the cd player starts making like hieroglyphics it won't play the cd so i press stop and there the 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 uh, the dude doing the drywall had acdc I pick up the ACDC, put it on, and press play, and it starts playing Hell's Bells loud and clear. So I'm like, this ain't right. I press pause. I lay hands on it. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, you be loosed. I mean, this is not, I don't even, you know what I'm saying? I'm a baby Christian, so I don't know whether this is appropriate or not. I'm just like, I command you. You will not play ACDC up in this thing. We don't need hell's bells in this house. I already feel like they're ringing upstairs right now. <laughs> like we need the glory of the Lord in this place. I'm all alone. I feel like I'm on. The, I'm, I feel like I'm that moron on the movie screen that's by, by himself. You know, the guy that doesn't run outside but runs upstairs. That moron. I'm trapped. I press play after laying hands on it, and it starts playing. And I was like, Oh yes, woo! Starts playing glorious music, and then from my spirit. It's like I erupt in praise to the Lord. And I start walking around, and I, I, like I said, I have no emphasis on this. I'm laying hands on the wall, and I was singing in the Spirit and just declaring the goodness of God, the freedom of God in this place. And I'm laying hands on the walls. It was a three-story building. I ran through the whole place praying and glorifying God. And by the time I got back downstairs, the temperature had already raised to well into the 70s. The whole thing was breaking. My boss comes back, and he's like, this place feels different. It's like a brand new place now. What happened? And I, I didn't want to tell him because I was kind of embarrassed because I didn't know 
if you were supposed to do that or not. But I'm like, yeah, I was, you know, I'm praying and glorifying the Lord. Everything I can speak out about Jesus, every scripture I know, you know, Jesus wept. Yes, he wept. You know, like, oh, when he wept, those tears had power. <laughs> like a brand new baby Christian, just stumbling through the word, you know. And uh, listen, truth, true story. So they came in there right after that. My boss comes back again, and, and the guy, a guy walks in the place that owned the building we were renovating for, and he says, man, this place feels different. And I told him, I said, well, I'm a believer, and I prayed over it. And I said, it just felt weird. And he said, everybody said it felt weird. He said, let me tell you what happened in this place. He said, when we began to demolish and rip out the inside of this building to renovate it, on the second story, there was a hidden room so stocked full of pornography that it was like someone had been hiding in there collecting pornography. He said it filled a construction dumpster of pornography. He said it was the creepiest thing he had ever seen. And it was like there was a spirit in that place of just demonic nastiness that it's like didn't want to break. But when your mouth begins to glorify God, it's like the, the atmosphere around you begins to be transformed because you're releasing the glory of God from the inside. And the enemy, everything he's propped up and everything he's strategized and everything he's planned comes unraveling when people begin to glorify God with their mouth. Open up your mouth and just glorify the Lord and watch your life go to another level. What you say carries power. Amen. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Get it in your spirit. Then meditate on it day and night. Why? Because through the constant meditation of the word, it begins to become the belief system of your life to where you think with the word, you operate with the word. It is more than just a book. It is literally everything to you. It is life to you. You meditate it on it till it's literally the nourishment of your bones that you think like God thinks. And then from that place, when you get to that place, he says, I will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. God says over your life that if you get in the word and you begin to speak that from your mouth and get it so ingrained in you, your life will be a life of prosperity and success as the goodness of God is displayed through your life every single day. Amen. What we say has power. You frame your life by the words you speak. So don't frame a tiny little box and don't frame a broken home, but frame from your lips the supernatural provision of God, the blessing of God, and the greatness of God will be the reality of your life. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.